0: Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast. Sponsored by CGC Cards, card grading all in one place. CGC Cards is devoted to expert grading of collectible cards, including TCGs, sports cards, and non sports cards. Sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Use the app to build your collection and buy and sell with other collectors. Turn the hobby into your side hustle. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by Gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit Gemrate.com, it's free.
1: Hello everybody and welcome once again to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk all things TTM, cards, autographs, collecting, anything sports collectibles related and you never know what else might come up in there. We've always got other stuff. This is season six, episode number three. I am Drew Pelto, your host of this show. We are a nationally ranked sports collectibles podcast. For the second week in a row, we have Lee Alexander joining us. Lee, good to have you on board here once again. Great to be back. Thanks for having me. So um, just once again, give everybody a rundown where they can, if they can find you anywhere online and uh, for uh, any kind of collectible stuff. If you have an Instagram, Twitter, if you're active on any of the forums, anything like that.
2: Well, most of my collecting is just on Facebook. You know, I'm in several of the TTM groups across Facebook, as well as a few hobby groups here and there. Just under Lee Alexander, nothing special there. Not really much on social media beyond Facebook, though. Had a Twitter at one time, but just never could really seem to stick around with the use of it. So it's been dormant for probably about two or three years now and will probably be dormant for about two or three more, if not longer.
1: We've got some uh, big sports news just to talk real quick about here before we uh, get into the normal bits of the show there, of course. So while we had a uh, divisional playoff weekend, we've got the uh, conference championship games here coming up this week. Baltimore
2: and KC, San Francisco and Detroit. Any uh, any predictions on those? Well, I don't know if you can call it a prediction. I'm hopeful that we won't have to see the Chiefs in another Super Bowl, but we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Yeah, my big one, I'm hoping I'd like to see Detroit make
1: it. I mean, I don't think they're going to. I think San Francisco is just too much of a powerhouse there, but uh, AFC, I don't really like either of them. Baltimore, of course, you know, being the former Browns, Kansas City, it's like we've seen enough of them, which that's going to get me in trouble. All my Kansas City people are going to get on me for that, but I think they can also
2: kind of understand it a bit too. So we'll see. Should be a good weekend of football. Absolutely. And I agree with the Lions. If there's a franchise that deserves a little bit of success after just years of just bottom feeding, that would certainly be the case with Detroit Lions.
1: Uh, coaching change. We've got a Jim Harbaugh ending up with the Chargers. So a, a a Pete Carroll move there for him, I think, is the best way to describe that one. Kind of avoid any potential NCAA sanctions that could be coming to Michigan. a case of catch me, if you can. Yeah. Uh, big hockey news as well. This one. This one didn't even come out of left field. This one came out of like left field in a completely different ballpark on another
2: continent. Patrick Waugh, the new coach of the New York Islanders. What an odd fit. Just for a. It's not uncommon to see players go back to teams that they had some degree of history with, but Patrick Waugh and the Islanders, not really any degree of crossover that I can recall of any kind there. What's funny is I remember back
1: in the summer, uh, whenever it was, whether it was this past summer, or last summer, whenever it was, when the Blue Jackets ended up bringing in uh mike babcock there was so much crowing among the blue jackets fans going oh we're gonna get patrick wow we're gonna get patrick wah ha ha ha, ha. and everybody's like you're not going to get patrick why he never had anything to do with the blue jacks you have no interest in going there if anything he's going to go you know montreal or somewhere like that and well maybe there was something to that at least <laughs> that they may have had a chance <laughs> right. at him. and uh, the big one we talked about with uh, les wolf last week baseball hall of fame we have adrian beltray joe mauer and Todd Helton. All getting elected this week. So kind of a bigger class than what we've seen the last few years where there have been a lot of, you know, zero, one, and two guys getting uh, in there, but three of them this year. So uh, great to see those three guys getting in. I think three very
2: deserving players in that regard as well. Yeah.
1: So um, any, uh, we'll take a look and see uh, anything that we got in this week. I picked up a couple of 2021 Heritage autographs to add in and just been uh, getting some spring training prep going here. I'm going to be out there for a week, so I've been sorting and planning and trying to get all that stuff together. It's quite an undertaking. I've had to pull, what, how many is that? Probably close to 2,000, 3,000 cards, something like that, that I'm carrying with me, which, I mean, if I'm lucky, I'll get 100 of them signed. But, hey, we'll see what happens there. So, uh, anything you've been picking up? I know you sent me a card that you picked up here uh, this past week.
2: Yeah, actually, uh, you know, I'll get on Macari and throw a few likes on items here and there, and a couple of players I PC for football, Doug Flutie and Bernie Kozar, I actually found an old SPX 2010 dual jersey card. And, Normally, I'm not big on jersey cards. I'm more interested in autos most of the time. But for three dollars and eighty-four cents, having a dual jersey card of two PC players couldn't really turn that down. And this kind of falls between where you're past it being specified as game worn, but it hasn't quite hit the generic. The enclosed material is not from any game or event. They're both classified as player worn, so okay. kind of the in between. Right, so still, I mean, that sounds like a great one, especially when you can get it for under five bucks like that. That's a definite. Must-have right there. Absolutely. And also, with it being you know collegiate jerseys, Doug to you with a little more prominent of a career at Boston College than in the NFL. So there's that as well. Right. Sounds good. Well, it was really cool to hear about that one. And I saw the picture of it. It looks like a really cool card there, too. So
1: nice one there. Uh, this week's show, we've got Collector's Corner, where we're going to be joined by Amir El-Malawani. Amir, Amir Kim El-Malawani. Get the full name there, as he uh, prefers. But uh, he is starting up a company called Five Star Dynasty. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. It is a combination collectible card, trading card game, a whole bunch of stuff all kind of rolled into one. It's going to help benefit college athletes. I think it's a really great thing. We'll talk to him about all of that. We're going to have all of our regular segments during the show where we have Baker's Dozen covering news in the world of sports collectibles. Collector's Corner with Amir Kim el as I just mentioned a moment ago, making the grade covering all things from the grading world. Stamp approval, where Lee and I will give our two thumbs up to something from the previous week. You never know what it's going to be out of us. Uh, we've got the Vern Rap Minute covering deaths in the world of sports, celebrity, music, movies, politics. Anybody that you might consider TTMing, if they have passed on, we will let you know about it. And the main reason why we have the show it's our TTM returns. You can also contact us. Lee, what's the email address here on the show? That would be TTMcast at Yahoo.com. There you go. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything like that, feel free to shoot them our way. If you want to get to me directly, it's dfwgraffer at gmail.com. Well, enough of that intro. Let's go ahead and get on into the meat of the show. Next up, we have Baker's Dozen.
0: Baker's Dozen, sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com.
1: baker's dozen is a summary of all the news events from the hobby during the previous week anything with hobby news upcoming products anything like that we're we'll trying to cover it in there we've got quite a few this week I want to remind you with the collects marketplace we are uh, still i as far as i know we're still running that ten dollar coupon deal with them where you can get ten dollars to spend in their marketplace sign up for the collects app you can download it at collects dot app or get it on your app store, whether you're on, whether it's through Google or through Apple, we've got it on both of those. Download it there, get us your Collects username and your email address, and we'll try to get you that $10 coupon there from Collects as quick as we can. Also, make sure you're checking out my weekly article on Sports Collectors Daily. This past week, I talked about TTMing spring training and why or why not to do it. A point little point and counterpoint discussion in there. Got some hobby news to talk about this week, including um, some high-grade vintage coming up in Memory Lane's premier auction. Only 120 lots in this auction here this month. Runs through February 4th, but they have some really high-end vintage stuff all in there. A T204 Ramley Walter Johnson's graded a PSA 8. There's a 1952 Bowman Mickey Mantle PSA 9. That uh, last time a Bowman PSA 9 of Mantle went up for sale, it hit $540,000. And I bet this is going to at least hit that, maybe even top that lot of other great high-end cards, many rookie cards, also stuff from Roberto Clemente, Willie Mays, and Jackie Robinson.
2: And like I said, that runs through February 4th. The National Sports Collectors Convention announced its first 2024 autograph guest, Manny Ramirez, makes his return to Cleveland for the July 24th through 28th show. Times and pricing are still to be announced. NSCCshow.com for more info. I'm sure as an Indians fan or Guardians fan, that must uh, be of interest to you, I would imagine. It is. Yeah,
1: I mean, he's going to be I'm sure the cost is going to be pretty high on uh, some of his uh, on his uh, signing there, but definitely good to see him getting back involved in some uh, making some appearances there. I know, of course, you know, started his career in Cleveland, had his biggest years in Boston there. But uh, yeah, really good to see that he's at least back out there again. So uh, hopefully uh, he wasn't exactly a good signer as a player. So hopefully that'll uh, he'll people can finally get him now. So really cool to see that. We've got a return of the Long Beach Expo. The show uh, dates back 60 years, actually. It started out originally as a coin collector's show and then expanded out into cards and comics. You can find that February 1st through the 3rd. So next weekend at the Long Beach, uh, I think it's Long Beach Community Center, Long Beach uh, Convention Center, something like that. Long Beach Convention Center, I believe. For more info, go and check out longbeachexpo.com. We've got some new releases
2: coming up here, Lee and uh, hockey leading things off here. All right, it looks like uh, next up, we've got the 22, 2022-23 UD Credentials Hockey dropping January 31st. Looking at six cards per pack, eight packs per box. Boxes carry one auto or a non-auto acetate card, four debut ticket access inserts, and two tech cards. A pre-sale price of 120 For the qualms I may have with Upper Deck, I will say that they do a good job of releasing a variety of products within a reasonable price range for Hoppy Boxes. Something you can't really say across a lot of other sports. They definitely do. I mean, 120 is not bad for that. I mean, you're only getting one auto out of there, but a lot of inserts there. It looks like it's pretty well stocked with uh, inserts there. So it's not just going to be a whole bunch of base in there that you're getting out of it. And credentials, you know, they got some creative designs on there. It's not not everyone's cup of tea, but, you know, just for people that like kind of more quirky, you know, maybe off the wall inserts, there's some neat stuff in there. I'm sure that, I mean, player collectors out there probably got to go nuts over something like that, I would think.
1: Right. I've got some uh, higher-end stuff coming out from Panini this week. They're twenty three Panini Immaculate Basketball also coming out on January 31st. That's one of those uh, super high-end ones where you're going to get six cards per pack and one pack per box. But out of those six cards, you're going to see three autographs and two memorabilia cards among those. Lots of prime memorabilia in there from the uh, Logo Man all the way on down to Sneaker Souls. So literally, it's going to be top to bottom of a player uniform that you might have a chance of pulling from there. Pre sale price on
2: Immaculate $1,825. This is a high end product. Yeah, big time. <laughs> uh, next up, we have 2022 Leaf Trinity Soccer dropping February the 2nd. You're looking at five cards per pack, a one pack box, four autos, and one base per pack. Some notable players here Erling Holland, Pele, Lionel Messi. I mean, in the world of soccer, you can't get much bigger than that trio. A pre-sale price of three hundred and sixty dollars. So, four autos and one base with names like that. Three sixty. I don't think that's too terrible of a price point there.
1: Definitely not. And one of the things they said too was that there's going to be some multi-sport stuff in there. It's it's soccer themed for sure, but there's going to be some others in there as well. And I know Mike Tyson, for example, is one of the names that got mentioned on there. Since I know you're a boxing fan and collector there, so kind of cool. They get a little bit of other sports in there as well. Of course, you know Leaf, kind of a smaller company right now, and. I think they can kind of get
2: away with doing that a bit a lot more easily than other companies can a little more flexibility than a lot of the others due to licensing and what have you. Right. Another high-end one from Panini. This time is
1: Panini flawless baseball also coming out February 2nd in there. You've got 10 cards per pack and one pack per box. So another one of those, uh, lottery ticket kind of, uh, kind of products in there though, you get seven autographs in that box, two memorabilia cards and one gem card that usually has, it's either going to be, a a diamond, a uh, ruby, an emerald, something like that embedded in the cards. So kind of interesting thing they've got going on there with that. Presale price, $2,000 on Flawless Baseball.
2: It'll be fun to see some of those get opened on some breaks online just to see what kind of stuff. Because at a price point with $2,000, there has got to be some absolute monsters hidden in some of those.
1: Uh, there definitely are. I mean, you've got – it's a baseball, so it's a lot of uh, retired players. I don't think they can use any current players as far as I know. But a lot of retired players in there. So you're going to see a lot of greats there that have autographs and mem and – the gems are just kind of an interesting thing to do on there as well. We've got some shows coming up here over the next weekend, starting with a whole big series and
2: uh, that starts in Kentucky. And it looks like we have the J&J All-Star Sports Card Show taking place February the 3rd in Louisville, Kentucky. One of 32 shows they'll have between Louisville, Indianapolis, and Cincinnati in 2024. Looking at free admission with 120 different tables. And for more information, go to JJAllStarSportsCards.com.
1: 32 shows, that's, that's more than one every two weeks there. That's amazing that you pull that off across three different cities like that. All right, that is, that is an impressive number there. I've got uh, down in Florida, the Port St. Lucie Sports Card and Collectibles Show is also February 3rd. They do that on the first Saturday of every month in Port St. Lucie, Florida at the Polish American Club. Free admission to that one, 100 tables, and you can find out all the info at
2: cardshowpsl.com. also taking place on February 3rd in Oak Creek, Wisconsin at the Salvation Army Community Center. The largest show in Wisconsin, 180 tables with $1 admission. And for more information, go to FatDaddySports.com.
1: Big one going on this weekend down in – or next weekend down in Texas. In Houston, it is the TriStar Show. TriStar, of course, being a very big name in sports collectibles and especially in autographs. And They have a great listing of players that are going to be there. Admission to the show, $15 a day if you buy it in advance, $20 a day if you buy it at the door. But some of the names that are on there, you've got a couple of Hall of Famers and Jeff Bagwell and Craig Biggio leading the charge. You've got Dusty Baker is going to be there, Jose Canseco, Roger Clemens, Johnny Bench. Then from the football side, you've got a Dan Hampton and Warren Moon, a couple of Hall of Famers right there. And from the basketball world, Rolando Blackman will be signing there as well. A lot of other guests, too. For the full list, you can go to
2: tristarproductions.com slash houston. Next up, we have Pinstripe Pride in East Rutherford, New Jersey, taking place February the 2nd through the 4th. A very Yankee-centric show with 63 signers. Admission $15. Autograph prices start at $15. Some of the bigger names include Mr. October Reggie Jackson, Mariano Rivera, Wade Boggs, Goose Gossage, and Don Mattingly. So no, nothing to sneeze at with a set of names like that starting out.
1: Yeah, just—I mean, they've got guys from all over, from different eras, from different price points. Really great to see. They've got some active Yankees players there as well. So if you're a Yankee collector, I've actually got a friend who went and checked it out last year. He said it was absolutely incredible to get to go to that. So if you're a Yankee collector, it seems like that's kind of a must uh, must see show right there. Absolutely bucket list level right there. Yeah, pretty much. We actually have a listener question here this week as well. This is actually a reader question. It came from uh, somebody who found my articles on uh, Sports uh, Collectors Daily. And I just let them know, hey, we'll answer your question on the podcast there. So Hopefully, Thomas Smith, hopefully you're tuning in here. But uh, this comes from Thomas Smith. He's collecting the 1987 Fleer basketball set. Uh, it's a, he's sending out the cards that he had as a kid anytime he can. So uh, he's trying to knock out the sure things first. He says he's gotten 45 so far, plus has five others out for private signings. He's got uh, the biggest question he had. He cannot find anything about Danny Young. Now, this is a little bit before my time. He was kind of coming into the end of his career. I think a former Trailblazer, if I remember right. Lee, do you know anything about
2: Danny Young at all? Because I'm, I'm totally drawing a blank here, that's for sure. I do not. And, you know, I'm fairly familiar with the late 80s, early 90s basketball, but that, that one is not ringing a bell. Yeah. So if anybody out there knows anything about where Danny Young is now, please let us know. You know, Send
1: us an email to a ttmcast at yahoo.com, dfwgraffer at gmail.com. And the other one he was wondering about is Leon Wood. Leon Wood was a player. He is now a ref.
2: Have you ever TTM'd a ref or an umpire before? Well, I tried to, not an active one, I actually had sent Kerry Fraser a request, which never came back, but I guess if he's an active referee, maybe trying to email him care of the league, possibly, I'm not sure if that'd be a viable avenue or not.
1: That's what I was thinking, because I've sent to, like you, I've sent to some uh, former referees and umpires, but only in baseball, football, hockey, and soccer so far, I haven't tried any basketball ones at all, so, especially, like I said, not any active ones either, it's all been retired guys, so. Yeah, anybody who has any advice on TTMing refs, you know, as well, let us know on uh, through email. Just, you know, give us a shout out and we'll see if we can get an answer out there to Thomas. So, again, Thomas Smith, thank you for your question here this week. And that about wraps up Baker's Dozen for the week. So, with that being said, let's move on to Collector's Corner.
0: And now, it's time for Collector's Corner. Let's hear from our collector this week. This segment is sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning, pricing, tracking, and cataloging your cards. Get your first $5 on the app automatically by scanning a card, adding it to your collection, and listing it for sale today.
1: Collectors Corner is a great chance to be able to kind of highlight a few other collectors out there in the world. And uh, whether it's collectors, whether it's somebody who's got a great new product coming out, we try to highlight them in there. And this week I talked to Amir Kim El Malawani. Amir is uh, working on a trading card game, so it's collectible, it's playable, all sorts of great stuff going on with there, and helps to benefit college athletes through their NIL deals. We'll talk more about that here with Amir Kim El-Malawani here in Collector's Corner. All right, we're here with Collector's Corner for the first time since uh, since we've rebooted the show, and we're joined first here by Amir Kim El-Malawani. Great to have you here on board for this. Thanks, Drew. It's good to be here. Yeah, well, um, Amir and I go back a ways. We were actually, uh, we have the same high school, he was class of 01, I was class of 02. He's a uh, a writer, musician, sports fan, and ultimately, above all, an educator and well educated too. Working on a doctorate right now at USC, went to Harvard and Yale, which I mean, that's that's more education than I think, I think, than anybody we've had on the show here. So, uh, really cool to have I'm, you on board here. I'm, but, uh, I'm blessed, Drew. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, you're starting something called Five Star Dynasty, and we're going to talk a little bit about that here today. So just uh, tell us a little bit about this, because I think, I, you know, i have told me about it and stuff here, and I just think it's a really great idea. And I think a lot of uh, collectors out there be interested in it as well.
3: Yeah, for sure. So it's a college sports trading card game. Um, so imagine the way we kind of explain it is... You Know the the sports cards that you and I grew up collecting kind of meets um NIL meets uh Pokemon or, or your typical TCG. So it's uh we think it's a fun way. Um hopefully. Um and 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 I heard Jeff say this so many times. Um so condolences of course to, to, to Jeff's family and, and to you all at the show. Um, but but one of the things that, that always sticks with me that he used to say on the show all the time is um trying to find a way to get kids back into the hobby um nice. and so we very much see it as as that's the goal um and of course my ulterior motive uh trying to get kids excited about college as well um and, and thinking about you know their their college dreams and aspirations which is is, is important to me of course as an educator so
1: right uh, just give us a little synopsis of the game like what's it all about what's kind of the the goal of the game essentially
3: yeah for sure i mean so there is there's like the the goal of the game in terms of the company which is of course you know um, educating young kids about college right providing opportunities for um for college students to earn some extra money in terms of of the the compensation that we um really try to make sure is 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 um is uh, a fair deal and also a deal that they can really use as a way to kind of um think about how to advocate for for terms that are um really uh, positive and advantageous to them um, going forward in other deals. Um, but really the game is about just kind of trying to create a, um, a, a, like a TCG, typical TCG setup, but one that really honors kind of the dynamism, the momentum, the, the fast paced kind of in-game decision-making that actually comes with real life sports. Um, and that's inclusive of all sports. So really bringing different sports together um, to kind of, Create an inclusive experience um, that that we hope will be exciting for fans of different sports, um, for fans of different sports cards, for fans of different athletes, for fans of different colleges. Um, so again, the the goal is really just you know in terms of the gameplay um, is is you know trying to carve out a niche that that we hope will be exciting and fun for kids and for for grownups alike.
1: Nice. I did see that you've got I think what fifteen sports represented in this and like sixty players. Is there any sport too small at all for this? Just literally, you'll go for just about any anybody that wants to get on board with it.
3: Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, we 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 had like our initial set of fourteen. Um, we, we we wouldn't say there was anything too small. It's just that because the the you know so the set that we're releasing right now, our our, our premier set, our 2023-24 premier set, is basically the base set is how you want to think about it. So it's the one that would include like the annual set that would include. All the sports that we're representing, you know, trying to really go for a diversity of institutions, um, et cetera, um, in, in terms of representation. It's obviously abbreviated because we're we're launching, so we're doing a, a much smaller set than we typically would um for the 25-26 or sorry, the 24-25 edition. Um, it'll likely be around 150 student athletes. Um, this one is is 60. So Like in the sense that spreading, you know, fifteen sports across sixty students um, is a difficult thing to do. Um, We, in that sense, we 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 left some sports out, um, but we are definitely interested in adding more, particularly. Um, folks can look forward to 24, 25, including wrestling, hopefully. Um, and then maybe, um, water polo is another one that we're, we're hoping to potentially add. Um, but you know, the 15th, cause it was going to be 14, the 15th was fencing. And that's because we had a young man, um, really exciting, uh, kid from Ohio state who we wanted to feature, uh, who was an entrepreneur, Olympic hopeful, um, super, super interesting kid. So
1: I just mentioned Olympics. sir so I think that's going to be, uh, I think it's gonna be a really good thing for, especially anybody that's an Olympic collector. So you've got people that have those Olympic hopes and goals and possibilities there. They don't have many cards of people like that out there. I mean, a lot of these, quote unquote, smaller sports just don't get represented on cardboard much. So I think this is a really great start right there.
3: Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think Bowman did the twenty-one, uh, like the Tokyo set, um, uh, for for like the USA team. But we're actually, you know, we're we're we're, we're planning on uh, having an annual like expansion set that we'll call the Study Abroad set. So this year is actually going to be our our Study Abroad Paris set, which we're getting um, we're getting started on right after we we wrap up this uh, this this launch here um, with our current the the base set, um, and hopefully that that set will feature a lot of uh, student athletes who are current student athletes. Athletes, um in, in in universities um across the U.S who will be representing their various different countries hopefully this summer as well um so that'll be probably mainly gymnasts track and field athletes um and some swimmers so
1: MIT has a rifle team so I mean that that might be one to check that,
3: out yeah that is a good one that's totally a good one to to, to check it on for sure I'll, I'll I'll look that up for sure
1: I think it's MIT's only Division One sport is their rifle team, so there you oh, go. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll push for Southwest Adventist University to get their floorball team to go varsity as well, and we might have a chance hey, there then.
3: Always, and you, you know, you know, I always appreciate you uh, showing love to the long snappers as well. Whenever you're, oh yes. You, but I think that's that's 100 the kind of thing we're trying to do, Drew, is is to really showcase again the, um, particularly when we talk about like the. The duality of being a student athlete and that's a big part of like what we're trying to showcase is like who these young people are as college students but also who they are as as people um, outside of their sports um so so i think you know you you always do a good job of capturing that even when you guys are talking about ttm and just the relationships and engaging with people um and and definitely that'll be a a big part of what we're doing
1: right and you're also uh, one of the things i like is it seems you're trying to keep everything as close to students as possible because you mentioned of course you know nil deals money can go back to the players there but also when it comes to photos you've mentioned on the uh, kickstarter page there that you're trying to keep a lot of the photos in the hands of the uh, student photographers at various schools rather than trying to get them from bigger sources and everything and i think that's a really great way to get hopefully get you know some of these kids keep uh, kind of keep going and get them started in the photography industry
3: for sure, for sure. I mean, we just put up a post to, to, to kind of show love to some of our, our freelance and student photographers um, on Instagram. So check it out if if, uh, if you can at Five Star Dynasty Game. Um, but the uh, but yeah, 100 percent like for us, it's about just creating revenue opportunities. And, and you and I have chatted about about photos before. But um, but for me, it's. Uh, it's like how can we provide maximal compensation to to young people who yeah I mean you know better than anybody a lot of these photographers are out there just doing it for the love and and you know they're they're literally you know taking photos to put back in the hands of kids to be able to put up on their social media but they're not getting paid for it um so we'll hopefully provide an avenue for for folks to make money off of their photos as well
1: um just a little bit more on the background how did you come up with the idea for this i know uh, you've been working with a couple of students there and everything were you ever a uh, card collector and card player as a kid
3: oh 100% i mean we all, we all were so so um i have three of my uh, current and former students who were um were working on the project with me um from my time working in higher ed not in k12 um and and we're all kind of like i think different Types of collectors, they're they're obviously a lot younger than me, so um, they they came into it in in, in the two thousands, whereas obviously my heyday was like you in the in the eighties and nineties. Um, but you know, for me growing up, I tell people all the time, like the athletes that I knew were the athletes that I had their cards, and and you know how we used to just pour over the stats on the back, and just really just that's how we learned about about players because there wasn't the kind of robust there wasn't the internet and there wasn't the robust kind of universe of, of stats out there as well um but even like uh and same thing with colleges of course so so i was really big into um, football cards baseball cards when i was a kid a little bit basketball when the basketball cards got really pretty in the late 90s um and then I also was a, a Magic the Gathering player. So so I was big into Magic the Gathering for a while in middle school and, and a little bit in high school. Um, and, and so that's kind of my perspective of marrying the two. Uh, but Tavion, who's was one of my team members, is, was a big Yu-Gi-Oh guy. Um, and, and Amari, who's, who's our kind of like our, our creative guy, he was big into football cards. He loves the the textured cards. So we all have like our different kind of perspective on, on what kind of, um, excites us about the, 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 kind of the trading card universe. Um, and, and we hope we're marrying that all together in this project, if that makes sense.
1: I definitely like it. I mean, I've mentioned to you before, when we talked about this, I absolutely love the game MLB showdown, which didn't take off as much as i thought it could and should and i think the biggest problem was that it just wasn't marketed well by wizards of the coast the guy who's created left after a couple years and those who end up on it were just dead set on just you know killing the program off and so it's like why i love this game you know and so seeing somebody come up with a sports themed trading card game again it's like okay this is a great idea it has a great cause behind it as well so it's definitely something that i am excited to to see and to uh just, I mean, just yeah, to see it hit the market and everything, and just to get a chance to play it and get a chance to get some of the cards.
3: Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. I, I, it, what's funny is after you told me about that game, which I hadn't known about. Um... I was chatting with uh, i I'll, I'll give him a shout out. Ronnie Holloway from Elite Sports Cards in Chicago, um, and I happened to walk into his shop uh, when I was in Chicago in December. And he's telling like I was showing him the kind of the prototype of the cards we're wrapping, and and he's telling me um, about that that very the, the product that you're talking about, MLB Showdown. And I'm like, that's you know, Drew was just telling me about that game. Nope. So I mean, we do hope to kind of capitalize on. It's clearly something people remember, um, and 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 we hope to capitalize on that crossover. But honestly, we hope that the product is exciting for for college sports fans for trading card collectors in general like we try to make the cards pretty so that um those those folks who are really into the aesthetics of the cards can get into it and then of course uh, the big thing is really just making it accessible and fun for the kids um so hopefully the, you know we we say 7 to 14 but we we think that everybody will be able to really engage and, and enjoy the product
1: yeah uh what has been the most difficult part of starting this whole thing because when you look around at the card the industry side of cards today you have Topps, which was absorbed by Fanatics. You have Panini, which basically absorbed Pinnacle and Donruss and Playoff. get these companies that have been around for decades now, so people just kind of, you know, are not quite born into it as employees. There. But, I mean, they start at the bottom, they kind of work their way up, and they're around it for their whole career. Whereas with on your side, you're starting from the very beginning. I mean, none of you have ever made cards before or anything like that. What's been the most difficult part of just getting this whole thing underway? Yeah,
3: I mean, I, honestly, I think we're, we're blessed to, to, you know, know um, folks who know about the kind of the space, um, both in, in terms of cards, but in terms of, of college athlete athletics, I'm sorry. Um, and and certainly, um, you know, this isn't my first time founding something. I, was, I started two high schools as well as a principal um, in in my previous life as a, as a K-12 um, educator. Um, so I would say like the the technical parts of it have honestly not been a, as difficult um, as as folks might imagine. Um, but the part that we really um, leaned into, I think, and prioritized from the beginning is relationships with students and, um, and their representatives and really just trying to make it clear and spend the time that we need to spend um, to explain like what we're trying to do as a company, why we think that we, you know, that um, they should participate. And that's really, honestly, um, it, it was hard work. It was, it took a lot of, a lot of time and a lot of work. Um, but, but we think that we have really 60 really compelling young people. Who, many of whom are recognizable names. Um, there's a few Olympians in the mix. There's, um, you know, a dozen All-Americans in the mix. More than half of the student-athletes have, have, have been all-conference in their most recent season, right? So they're really strong, um, you know, representatives of athletic excellence, but also of kind of just the, the kind of people that we hope kids will look up to. Um, and, and so we're proud of that, But it, but it definitely was hard work um, and, and, and it was important to us to make sure that like, it's, it's, it's a credible product, right? So if I'm a, you know, 14 year old softball player picking up the cards and I know all the softball players in college that I'm looking at for softball players who I know and who, um, and who are just, you know, somebody who I probably already follow on social media, um, versus, you know, some, uh, you know, somebody who's, who's less well-known or, or who, who kind of doesn't have that credibility in space, if that makes sense.
1: It's not just a set full of backup lacrosse goalies or anything like that.
3: You know, and, and I do love backup lacrosse goalies. I will say oh, yeah. that up front, especially because, like you say, always with the long snappers, you know, they all have really good stories. Um, and. As you guys know, are sometimes the best TTMers as well, uh, yes. but uh, but but no, it's 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 a hundred percent about really kind of creating a product that everybody can kind of believe in, and and a lot of that does kind of rely on having the right people, um, and 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 we think we have the right people for sure. So,
1: right. <laughs> uh, the big question, I've, of course, that's going to be on every collector's mind: what's the cost on this? I mean, to get a to get a set, to get any kind of you know booster packs or anything like that. What's what's kind of the cost looking like right now?
3: Great question, great question. So obviously, you know, and and, and every every week when I'm listening to to, the, to you guys run through all the new releases, I'm like, oh my god, who has that kind of money? Um, right. But but of course, you know, the the idea, and and again, Jeff Resol said, said this all the time, right? It's about accessibility for us, right? Like we want the product to be the kind of product that you can pick up in the in the aisle, in the checkout aisle at the dollar store. Um, you know, that's that's our aspiration. Um so so of course we do have like kind of variations on the product that are that are intended to be more collector focused and we anticipate you know when we get to that point doing hobby boxes and stuff like that but for the this first edition of the of the game um we're selling li- literally just two pre sorted starter decks and then a, a set of um of the like a special card subset that includes what would be inserts in a normal kind of universe um where 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 we had randomized booster packs we're not doing um randomized booster packs for this first um edition um, but the the starter decks run fifteen dollars. Um, you can get a, a set right now that's like a gift set with the entire uh, you know set of the first um, edition. Um, for 25 this is all on our kickstarter um, which is uh, accessible through our website www.5star dynasty.com um, and then we also do um bulk pricing of course for 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 teams um for schools for programs for we, we want to incentivize as much uh people to kind of spread the word and and engage in this um kind of or, or or buy the product as as a group so to speak right so um uh so so we have like this special bulk pricing that's like half off um for for folks who are buying, you know, 10 or more dealers, et cetera. Um, and then of course we anticipate again in, in the long in the long run, um, selling obviously the starter decks for the uh the base sets, but then also doing booster packs that are um that are for the expansion sets and for the base set as well. Um that would probably run um between like two dollars for the cheapest version, again like in your dollar store aisle, um up up to like five dollars for the the versions that contain all the inserts and and whatnot. So
1: Really great. I mean, that's for just a single Star Deck. That's less than the cost of a blaster off the shelf at Walmart or Target or whatever. And I mean, even getting the set there of both of the sets together, twenty five dollars. That's exactly what you're paying for a booster for a uh, for a blaster box there. So definitely, like you said, you know, keeping it uh, keeping it accessible to everybody, keeping it affordable for the kids. I think it's a great start to it and everything there. And hopefully, hopefully, others are going to see that too. Because I mean, even if the card collectors out there look and go, uh, you know, the, the the players don't interest me that much. It's still a great game for the kids, it sounds like, and it's gonna be a heck of a lot cheaper than video games are too. So that's I mean, it's affordable and it's gonna keep the kids entertained, and it's something collectible as well.
3: Yeah, for sure. And and I mean, as as you and I know, and everybody I know everybody who listens to your podcast knows as well, part of the fun, I think, is discovering new people um yes. and discovering new sports, and especially for the for the little kids out there who aren't specialized already in and, and you know. Going to lacrosse camps every day of the year and and whatnot. Um, you know, th- th- we hope, we hope that kids find new sports and um, and and I was I was laughing the other day. I was talking to to one of the students in the game, and I'm like, listen, we we got to pick the right diving picture because you know there's going to be kids watching this or looking at the game who've never seen diving before or. Maybe they, they're expert divers and we want them to be seeing, you know, you in the, you know, in the right form so that they can kind of be inspired and excited about going forward. Um, and I think that's like across the board, right? Like we're trying to, again, you know, just seed dreams here for 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 kids and certainly um, for for the college students as well.
1: That's a lot of it. I know that's, I mean, in my time as a photo editor, one of the things they always say is try to make the athletes look heroic or at least make them look good. Make them make it to where if they are signing a card, they don't look at it and they go, oh my God, what the hell is that? They're going to look and go, oh, I like that card. So
3: Yeah. Or or I mean, nowadays, you know, I think it's unfortunate, but a lot of times you get like these, you know, people are so obsessed with the card looking so, so pretty that they're doing these media day photos. And it's like, that's a really great pose picture, but I don't know how much it like, if I'm like a softball player looking at that picture, I'm like, there's not a lot of softball happening. It's just like a great lighting and a great background and so I mean we we really try to again honor that with the with the photos and um and honor the work of so many great student photographers, you know, freelance photographers, folks who are out there photographing teams, um, especially at the small schools. Like we you know, we have D three schools, NAIA schools, D two schools in the in the mix and mid-majors, everything. So it's it's a it's a wide
1: variety. That's, great. that's um, great. Give us a real quick one more time, the uh, website there where they can find uh, you at and any uh, social media as well, where they can follow along with everything that's going on with the project.
3: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Again, our Kickstarter is live through February 12th. It's, um, it's It'll redirect our website. It'll redirect you to the Kickstarter. You can get back to the website if you want from the Kickstarter page, but it's 5stardynasty.com um, with five spelled out. Um, and our uh, socials, were across all socials, but the most active, especially for the promotions around the Kickstarter, Um, at five-star dynasty game um and uh of course if y'all can um give us a follow and shoot us a dm we will absolutely um send you a special gift uh for those of you who are ttm cast um fans out there just mention that that you heard us on the show um and hopefully we'll, we'll we'll get some out your way with uh with any order that you make so some some i mean obviously cuz it's TTM cast we have, we have some autographed cards happening that we, that we would love to to send to folks um uh who are who are fans of the show
1: Great. love hearing that getting the uh, getting the in comic cards is always a great thing especially if you can pull it right from a pack or right from a box or just right from a right from the from the source and everything
3: absolutely absolutely and and, and of course we aspire to that kind of uh packaging and manufacturing capabilities hopefully as we grow so
1: all right, sounds good. Well, once again, Amir, thank you for joining us. Amir Kim el of Five Star Dynasty. Any other thoughts before we get back to the show?
3: No, just again, appreciation to you guys for the, for the incredible um, comprehensive coverage. And of course, condolences to, to Jeff's family and to you all in the community. Um, I know he was beloved and I certainly appreciated
1: hearing his thoughts and his voice. All right, big thanks to Amir for joining us there in collector's corner. Next up, let's move on to making the grade.
0: Making the Grade is sponsored by CGC Cards. All card grading, all in one place. Certified Guarantee Company, CGC. Devoted to the expert grading of collectible cards. Visit CGCCards.com today.
1: Making the Grade is a summary of all things related to grading in the collectibles world. We've got uh, all the info here coming from GemRate.com this week. Lee, give us a rundown real quick on uh, how things are looking there across the
2: board for the big four grading companies. All right, and for the week of January the 15th through the 21st, we'll start with PSA, a total of 245.2K cards, down 20% from last week. And next, we're looking at CGC with a total of 27.9K cards, down 41%, so a pretty significant drop there. I know you'd mentioned the sale previously, so I guess just coming off the sale naturally, you're going to have a little bit of a drop in your totals there. SGC, we're looking at 35000 down 7% from last week. The lowest percentage drop across the four, and actually the highest drop in percentage across the four comes from Beckett, with a total of 9.4K cards last week, down 47%. So a couple of pretty significant drops there. I mean, you, like you said there, the sale from CGC ended, so that probably has something to do with it there. You also had...
1: Uh... Martin Luther King Day on Monday, so I'm sure some of the offices were closed there. It just kind of brings uh, numbers down a bit, but I'm sure we'll see them bounce right back up here with a full week here coming up. Let's take a look here. We've got the Big Three, courtesy of GemRate.com.
0: This week's Big Three is brought to you by GemRate.com. Whose cards are hot and whose cards are cold this week? Let's find out from our friends at GemRate.com.
1: The Big Three is an exclusive to TTM Cash. Thanks to GemRate.com, they let us know who is rising and who is falling as individual players in the world of grading big three risers that we have this week Wyatt Langford the Rangers prospect outfielder drafted back in June he already made up to AAA by the end of the season there's talk about possibly adding him to the 40 man and bringing him up for the playoffs but they didn't do that but he was tearing it up at every level of the minor leagues he is up 66 percent this week Bryce Harper similar kind of a player there up 64 percent and Jackson Churio currently number one on the MLB's Top 100 prospects. I believe number two, actually, but the number one has made it up to the majors. So he's going to be number one here pretty soon. He's up 36%. And as I said, Wyatt Langford had his Bowman draft cards come out. Those were up 150% from the previous week, getting graded his paper cards, his chrome cards, and his base refractor, all having some big, uh, big jumps there in the grading world. So keep an eye on him and see what he's able to do, see if he makes the roster out of uh, out of spring training this year.
2: Lee, who do we have as the big three that are falling off this week? We'll start first here. We have Bo Jackson, who's actually down thirty-four percent. Odd jersey number match there, and his percentage wow. down. And it looks like next we have Lamelo Ball down forty-six percent. And then in the, I guess whether you want to consider it first or last place, given the topic, Dion Sanders down forty-seven percent. So Coach Prime uh, seeing a little bit of a downswing there. About
1: to say, yeah, I think the uh, luster from the Colorado move starting to wear off a bit there on Dion, but. You know, that could always change if he's able to turn things around there or continue to turn things around, I guess, because, I mean,
2: not the best season for them, but also nowhere near as bad as it had been the last couple there for the Buffaloes. All right, it's improvement. I just think that hot start got people's expectations probably just a little bit unrealistic for, you know, what he could do long term for the yeah, entire season. Definitely. Well, hey, big thanks once again. Uh,
1: Jim dot com getting all these numbers over to us. Ryan does a great job over there. That about does it for making the grade let's move on to stamp of approval.
0: I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval.
1: Stamp of approval is just a chance for us to give our thumbs up to something from the previous week. Could be just about anything. Sometimes it's food, drink, TV, movies. You never
2: know what it's going to be. Sometimes sports related. sometimes it's not. Lee, what do you got for your stamp of approval for this week? Well, stamp of approval this week, you know, I'm a big fan of older video games and I've got say I have a few sitting around would be a gross understatement. But one that I've really been hitting on a lot this week is Tommy Lasorda Baseball for the Sega Genesis. It's not licensed by the MLB, not licensed by the MLBPA. So you've got generic city teams with these wacky logos. You've got fake players. But there's just some charm about that old 1989 Sega Genesis music and just the gameplay. Probably been cycling through about 20-so games over the past week. So definitely giving the stamp of approval to that one. I know you mentioned last week there, everything with
1: uh, RBI Baseball being another one of your favorite ones there, too, for the Nintendo. Absolutely. All, all-time all classic right there. Have you seen the website, uh, dne.com, that has all the stuff about
2: uh, that's related to the game? I have, and it, it is just an absolute treasure. Everything from a drinking game based on there to just random trivia about the players. I mean, there's, there's a lot of meat on the bone, even if you're not that familiar with the game. Yeah. It's worth checking that out just to see some of the crazy stats about the players that are on there
1: all right good stuff on that one my stamp approval for the week little caesar's pretzel crust pizza now when you're a fat chooch like me you know pizza pretty well typically and uh little caesar's pretzel crust used to come around for like a couple months every few years or so i mean they you may remember they did this really weird cheesy commercial about it when it came back again about a year or so ago and this time they've gotten smart and kept it on the menu all of the time now so uh Went and got one of those last night. the pretzel crust with the cheese sauce and uh, pepperoni. And, God, I forget how good those are. Especially, I mean, considering it's only $8 for that thing, if you're a typical person, you can probably get two meals out of that. So, uh, sometimes even three, maybe, or possibly even beyond that. So, yeah, that gets my uh, stamp approval for the week. Since I just had one of those last night, it was really good. The Little
2: Caesars pretzel crust pizza. I think I'm going to have to find a Little Caesars later today.
1: Yeah, they are, they are. It's definitely worth a try there. I I will say, if you have anybody who's sensitive to sodium, you're going to have a bad time with this. Make sure you have like a gallon of water with you for it. Because, I mean, you've got, you know, the salt on the crust around the edges there and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's quite good. It's quite good. All right, so that does it for the TTM Cast stamp of approval. Let's move on now to the Vern Wrap Minute. The Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to the memory of Mr. Vern Rap, former Major League manager, coach, and player. Our uh, show founder, Jeff Baker, tried to TTM him not knowing that he had already died. And so uh, to avoid that embarrassment, we provide this as a service to collectors out there to let them know who has passed on in the world of sports, celebrity, music, movies, politics. Anybody you might consider TTMing, we will try to cover them in the Vern Rap Minute. The first one actually is one for the collectibles world. This week we lost Joe Doms. Joe is a uh, hockey collector, mostly, from up in Portland, Maine. He's big in hockey and wrestling. And uh, he was uh, went through an 11-and-a-half-year battle with colon cancer. Got diagnosed back in middle of 2012. Went into remission a couple times in there, but uh, this most recent one finally got him, unfortunately. Um, I've traded with him several times over the years. You may know him on several uh, message boards out there with the screen name of z 8 But yeah, big hockey collector, great guy to work with and great guy to deal with. He uh, contacted me, I remember, back in, like, 2008 when he first started doing in-person stuff, he was trying to go down to Boston wanted to, any advice I could give him on it there and so he ended up as a big uh, big hockey guy down there for a number of years so
2: unfortunately, yeah, lost Joe Doms this week at the age of 41 Next up, we have Don Lasseter played left field for the St. Louis Cardinals in 1957, only four games to manage a single and a triple and 13 at-bats. A long minor league career, played from 1952 through 1960, he was noted as an excellent ttm or through december recently passed away at the age of 90 that's don lassiter lost red swanson this past
1: week as well he was a pitcher for the 1955 to 57 pirates only went 86 innings in his career but a three and three record a 4.06 era the first batter he ever faced though was a guy you might have heard of named hank aaron and he got him to ground out so uh Great, a great start to his career, right there, at the very least, even if it didn't last uh, super long there, only going about three uh, three seasons. Red was an excellent TTM, though, all the way
2: through July of this past year, he was 87 years old. Steve Staggs passed away at the age of 72, played second base in 1977 and 78, split time between Toronto and Oakland. A career 255 hitter with two home runs, actually hit a home run in his first game on July 1st, 1978, against Texas. Only had one produced car as far as major companies. He was number 521 in 1978 tops. Not noted to be a TTMer. That's Steve Staggs.
1: A couple of weeks ago, we lost uh, Cale Yarborough. I failed to mention that. I didn't even know about it, though, until this past week. Apparently, he died on New Year's Eve after almost a year-long battle against uh, COVID. Uh, Cale was a four-time winner of the Daytona 500. Sixth all-time in NASCAR Cup Series wins with 83 victories in their races. Came in fifth in the 1979 Daytona 500, at uh, which point after the race, he ended up having a fist fight with the Allison brothers that got caught on TV. This race was being broadcast nationally. And uh, a lot of the country was facing uh, being gripped by a major snowstorm that kept them all inside watching this. And that is what kind of turns NASCAR uh, heavily into the public eye there at that point. So uh, Cale
2: Yarborough, an excellent TTM all the way through about 2022. He was 84 years old. Tommy Baldwin played midfield from 1962 to 1978, mostly with Chelsea, but also spent time with Arsenal, Brentford, the Seattle Sounders. 88 career goals in 231 games. He passed away at the age of 78. It's unknown if he was a TTM or not at this point. I don't believe there are any records of any attempts. I didn't
1: see any when I was uh, trying to find info there. And it's kind of tough. I mean, when you get a guy like uh, some of the soccer players that are, uh, you know, go back to Europe after they play in North America there. They can be kind of tough to track down, unfortunately. So, yeah, don't know if he signed much at all or not there. All right. Well, that about covers things for the Vern Rap Minute. Our condolences to uh, all those who have lost anyone this week. And let's move on now to our TTM Returns.
0: Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM Returns.
1: All right. The main reason we're here, TTM Returns, that's, I mean, it's right there in the show title, TTM Cast. Lee, I know you haven't been super active in mailing stuff out. Have you gotten anything in it all this week?
2: Well, after our wacky mail situation with the freeze, I actually did manage to finally get one return back in. I actually got Pat Sheridan back. Took him probably a little less than two weeks. A real quick return probably would have been even quicker if our mail would have been running, you know, as normal. But signed two cards, including the 87 or I'm sorry, 89 Fleer that we talked about last week and 89 Fleer and 87 tops. Nice. Always,
1: always good to get those. A couple of classics right there. Well, after two weeks of an empty mailbox, I finally have some to talk about. And it's, it's, a, it's a very long list here. So I'll try to blaze through it as quick as we can here and uh, go through real quick. All of these were mailed out back on uh, the day after Martin Luther King Day. So these all took a week and a half at most to get back to me. So if you're looking for somebody who signs quickly, take note of all of these guys that came back. We got a uh, former Jets linebacker Kyle Clifton signed four cards for me in six days. Also, Dennis Gentry, former wide receiver of the Chicago Bears, another guy who signed four cards in six days. Both those guys are in Texas, so I'm sure that has to do a little bit with the very, very fast returns on those two. I also got back Ike Hill. Ike was a cornerback mostly for the Bills and the Bears. Had a couple cards in the 1972 Tops football set, and he also even wrote a short note back to me on the index card that I enclosed there. Mostly a cornerback, but also played a little bit at wide receiver, returned kicks a lot, and even a little bit of quarterback since he was a QB in high school. And I think maybe even into college as well on baseball. I got Ted Bose back. Ted was a pitcher for, or was he a pitcher? I'm really testing myself now on this. I think he was a pitcher though. Yeah, definitely a pitcher. Okay. Anyways, he was a pitcher for the uh, angels at the least and a couple of other teams there. And, he has signed my card, index card, and even wrote a short note back on my letter because I name-dropped George Brunette in there, who was my dad's former neighbor as a kid, lived next to my dad and grandparents. And he said, oh, yeah, I knew George. He was a great pitcher. And Nice uh, to get the little blurb like that back. Also got Ron Heller, former offensive lineman, played with the Eagles in the, uh, it was the late 80s on into the early 90s, protecting Randall Cunningham's blind side there for a couple years. Signed four cards for me, just about a week or so on that. Mark Robinson, former safety for the Bucks, He is now a, uh, has a radio show related to the team. Signed three cards in a little over a week. Uh, baseball player Chuck Estrada. He was another pitcher with the Orioles back in the late late 50s to early 60s. I know he's at least in 1960 tops, as that's the card I got signed. It took about a week for him. Also got Russ Heeman back. Heeman was a infielder, I think. I've got the card right here, actually. Okay, I was wrong on that. He was a pitcher as well, so shows shows how great my memory is right there. But uh, Russ Heeman, a pitcher for the Indians back in the late 50s to early 60s, signed uh, the one card I had of him in about a week and a half, and got back Ed Obradovich, who was a member of the Bears back in the 1960s and still does some TV and radio work with them, makes a few appearances there at Soldier Field every year. He signed the two cards I had of him. Got four more coming in today, but we'll save those ones for next week since this was already kind of a... Uh, long list that's going on there. So getting back some vintage football, vintage baseball. I'm always, I almost love doing those in any time that I can.
2: Absolutely. Some of the best NFL sets of all kind kind of fall into that late eighties, early nineties category. Just really nice looking sets, just a plethora of players, lots of good signers. So always a lot of good material to work with across those. Absolutely. I mean, you can, I mean, you can find how many boxes
1: of, you know, 1990 score and 1990 uh, pro set for, you know, what $10 at most,
2: I would think at a lot of shops. Absolutely. And just kind of a funny side note on Ed Obradovich. Mm-hmm. I've actually uh, sent him a request a couple of years ago and got it back. He has a really funny feature in the old NFL Films video called Tough Guys. I'm not sure if that's accessible on YouTube or not, but there's just like a little short section on him where he's interviewed and just tell some really, really funny stories about playing with Dick Buckus. I mean, just it's worth checking out if you can track it down online. Definitely sounds good. I'll have to go and see if I can find that later too. I know there's a lot of
1: NFL film stuff that is up on YouTube. A lot of teams, like whenever they would do those end of season summary videos, like, you know, 30 minutes or an hour or so, a lot of those on there. I actually have a playlist that has all the Browns ones from the very first ones up until I think 95 when they moved was the last one I put in
2: there. But yeah, there's, I bet that's going to be up there and I'm going to have to look for it. That's great. I'll make you a deal. If it's not on there, just let me know. And I've actually got the VHS. I'll actually rip it to YouTube. If not, it's got it's got a lot of funny material on there, to say the least. Conrad Dobler's got a section as well, so you can only imagine what kind of stuff
1: takes place in there. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That's our uh, TTM successes for the last week. And I think that about does it here for uh, the show this week. Lee,
2: once again, thanks for joining us here on uh, on the show. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to stop by and looking forward to doing it again soon
1: yeah big thanks
2: once again to amir
1: kim el malawani and once again check out his uh, five star dynasty we're gonna have a link to that up on our website there if we can get that going and uh check it out you know fund their kickstarter there get yourself a set or whether it's one of the starter sets or the full uh collection of two starter sets it's going to cost you less than it costs you for a blaster so definitely go and check those out help fund that project i think it's for a great cause so definitely look into that next week we are gonna have clemente lisi joining us on the show and lee you'll be uh co-hosting with us one more time here before we have Troy coming back in, so we'll uh,
2: get all that going. Looking forward to that, and I think that about does it. Any final thoughts at all? Just looking forward to next week. Hoping to get a little more action in the mailbox before next time. Have a little more to talk about in our return section if all goes according to plan. All right, sounds good. Well, once again, we are wishing you many happy returns. We'll see you next week. Everyone, be good.